Hi, this is Bill Crystal. I wanted to encourage you to take a look at my free weekly newsletter, which you can sign up for below while you listen to this podcast. Each Monday, I'll try to fill you in on what's happening behind the scenes in Washington, what I think is worth reading, and what the Weekly Standard staff is up to. And thanks for tuning in to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us on the Weekly Standard is Bill Crystal. And Bill, uh, the uh, White House expected that there would be a reaction of euphoria as Americans rallied around the flag with the uh, Taliban exchange for Sergeant Bergdahl. Hasn't turned out to be the case thus far this week, has it? It sure hasn't, but it is interesting that the White House expected that. I, I guess that's been reported now, but that was pretty clear from the way they handled it from the beginning. And the obvious way to handle something like this is a put out a statement, it's a very difficult decision, they're very reluctant to give back terrorists, these terrible people, but we thought it was worth it to get this young man home. We're not going to talk more about it, it's very sensitive. You know, something like that, kind of low-key, people like me would have still would have been critical of the deal, of the policy matter, but, you know, we couldn't have gotten too indignant about it, uh, in a way, and it would have been a policy debate that would have gone a few days and then sort of died away. Instead, it was the uh, triumphalism, the the turning it all into a PR stunt, having the parents there, Rose Garden statement, uh, then Susan Rice, in effect, trying to deflect any criticism by saying, oh, he served honorably, he served with honor and distinction. Uh, he was taken on the battlefield. Every This is a sacred obligation to bring home anyone, uh, any soldier taken on the battlefield, and, and this young man served with honor and distinction. It's really trying to block any criticism by hiding behind the notion that this was a, you know, the, the, they were doing what you have to do to to rescue our soldiers. Uh, and that, I think, is what infuriated people. I was struck by my emails on, on Sunday. I mean, after Rice, after the president a little bit on Saturday afternoon, but especially after Rice on Sunday morning, veterans, people in the military community just thought, are you kidding me? I mean, they're trying to block legitimate debate about this by claiming that this young man served with honor and distinction, when it is on the public record that that is, to say the least, awfully questionable, or that he was taken in battle, when it's on the public record that that's basically not the case. So, I think that really infuriated people. Why the White House thought it could get away with it? You know, I was thinking about this a lot. They've gotten away with a lot, I think. Think of 2012, right? We're we're providing free birth control to everyone. I mean, we just ridiculed that, right? I mean, it's so stupid. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. There is no such thing as free birth control. Anyway, if anyone wants it, can buy it. If you don't want to buy it, you can go to a community center and get it. There's no crisis of lack of access to birth control in this country. It violates religious liberty. We made all these arguments. We thought, how stupid, how the White House thinks people are so stupid that they can get votes by just saying, we're giving you free birth control. It's so vulgar. It's so childish almost as an argument. And guess what? Uh, last I looked, Barack Obama won the 2012 election. And I just think they think they can get away with really stupid, simple-minded, vulgarizing, exploitative arguments if they can capture them in a sentence like, it's our sacred obligation to bring back someone who fought for this country, and just preclude debate. And it is interesting to me how good the White House is at turning any criticism of a policy into you're an extremist hater of President Obama, which of course brings with it all of the implied uh, uh, allegations of racism or you know fear of the other, etc. And whether it's trying to do math about Obamacare or whether it's trying to point out the consequences of drawing and erasing a red line that leads us to the Ukraine and the loss of Crimea, now to the VA fiasco and then this, it's I've I've heard it from the people I've talked to, Bill, 
who you can see they're torn. On the one hand, they really hate what the president's done. On the other hand, they don't want to be one of those right-wing Republican haters. Can Republicans get out of this, or is the brand so badly damaged that anything Republicans criticize immediately becomes legitimate in the minds of a majority of Americans? Well, I think if the first critics and the most visible critics are a bunch of Republican elected officials and candidates, uh, it is easier for the White House to then say, see, what do you expect? They're, <coughs> excuse me, they're Republicans running for office. If the critics you see, on the other hand, when you flip on the TV or go online uh, and read about, are a bunch of enlisted guys, a bunch of uh, people who served in, in the same squad, the same team, uh, um, as Bergdahl, who knew him, who have kept quiet, and it clearly takes no pleasure in uh, getting publicity for this, or you know they're not looking to, to become famous or sign book contracts. They are just they are so outraged they felt an obligation to come forward. In some cases, even though they had signed non-disclosure agreements, what's that about? Incidentally, the government now makes enlisted guys sign non-disclosure sure. agreements. That seems questionable to me. But anyway, um, I think that's really changed the dynamic on this. If this were a bunch of Republican elected officials attacking the president, it would be a normal policy debate. Maybe Republicans would win it slightly, maybe they'd lose it slightly. But this is outraged soldiers who served, did serve with honor and distinction, saying, what is Susan Rice saying, and why do we make a deal for this person uh, above all? And then when but, you start digging Bill, into let it, me interrupt right there before you move on. Uh, according to Chuck Todd, he's been told by aides, we never imagined yeah. that they would swift, their words, would swift boat uh, Bergdahl. In other words, the White House is already saying that the criticism from the soldiers is swift boating, which in their mind means lies and smears to denigrate a, uh, a soldier who served with honor. So they are, uh, they're even comfortable, Bill, attacking the soldiers as somehow you know, partisan cogs in the evil Cheney-Halliburton machine. Well, because honestly, they see everything as uh, a political fight, a PR fight. They see everyone, I think, as a tool for their own PR advantages and, and their own political advantages. And so they, the ones who are on the other side, they just become people who have to be denigrated or, or, uh, or attacked, unfortunately. And it's really one of the worst things about this White House. It's, it's a, I think it's a corollary of everything being about the president. I've really been struck by that. I mean, the degree to which this is all about Obama, right? I mean, he has to be in the Rosewood. He has to stand with the parents. He has to be the guy who brought them home. I, I just, isn't this more, pro I mean, I'm just thinking of a normal administration, the first Bush administration I served in, even Clinton or whatever. I think this often could, maybe a statement by the Secretary of Defense, we've concluded these, you know, this is, we've made a difficult decision here. The president wanted to hog right. That's what's so offended everyone. He wanted to hog the spotlight. And you also, you make a very good point, the, the, the shorthand argument that they think can win every, public, uh, every foreign policy debate is Obama got Osama bin Laden, as though President Obama were the you know, George Patton on Zero yeah, and Dark also, and, and if you criticize anything, you're a warmonger. I mean, exactly. they've gotten away with an unbelievable amount, doing uh, amazing amount of success with a really almost jaw-droppingly simple-minded and stupid arguments. Um, and maybe this is due to the failure of a lot of us to expose them adequately. I don't know. Maybe it's due to whatever the people's short attention span. Maybe it's just due to to, to chance. Maybe they haven't gotten away with it. They just happened to stagger to re-election and got lucky and overinterpreted that. Whatever the case, I mean, they do think, yeah, that they can just say, if you do not approve of what the president did here, you don't care about bringing the Americans home. And they really distorted one of the things that most offends me. They distorted the soldiers' creed, the warriors' creed, uh, that you know we're not going to leave anyone behind. And that's a serious uh, statement when a soldier or a young Marine makes that, and that means that they'll go into, you know, take great risks, take 
put them at a great risk to go back and retrieve someone who's wounded or even someone who's been killed on the battlefield. If someone were captured, God forbid, they would take great risks to go find and liberate that person. He has distorted that creed into, you know, any trade of any number right. of terrorists or any quality of American soldier who want, who deserted is unquestionable. You can't challenge it. If you challenge it, you're denigrating the warrior's creed. It's really pretty disgusting what Obama and his people are arguing. Uh, I think it was someone from The Atlantic today on MSNBC argued that one of the goals of the president from the beginning was to get these guys out of Guantanamo Bay to make it easier to empty, you know, get rid of the rest, release the rest. These guys are so bad, the opposition to releasing them is so high, that now he's gotten over the toughest hurdle and he'll be able to empty uh, Gitmo before he leaves office. Are we headed that way, Bill? I think that's what he wants to do. Look, it's all about him. And he campaigned on closing down Gitmo, and he wants to close it. He wants to say on January 19, 2017, I closed it. I got us out of Iraq. I got us out of Afghanistan. It's been very clear in those other two instances. He doesn't really care about the consequences. He doesn't care what he's leaving his successor. And I think it's the same with Gitmo. And so I do very much agree that I think Harry Reid, I think it was Reid said yesterday, didn't he? I don't really care about what all this criticism. I'm happy to get these five guys out of there. We should get them all out of there. That's really, I think, what President Obama wants to do. And maybe this was the beginning of a process of, of just, just getting rid of these guys and with some sort of half-phony or temporary agreements to keep them directly off the battlefield and then just, you know, not worry so much about the consequences later. Again, because it's really about, it's about Obama, unfortunately. One last question. Uh, one of the uh, uh, outcomes of this, I believe, is that whatever positive connections the Democrats had built back up with the uh, military and veterans communities after, you know, some rough time from a political standpoint. I think it's safe to say that Democrats are at best at square one and maybe even at square negative one after the VA scandal and then this disregard for what many soldiers see as one of the ultimate crimes of desertion. I think that's right. And, and from a more political point of view, it is sort of striking that Joni Ernst won a huge victory in the Iowa primary last night. She's a, uh, not a veteran. She's actually a member, I believe, and still of the National Guard. She served in, in the Iraq War. Uh, Tom Cotton in Arkansas obviously served in Iraq and Afghanistan. Dan Sullivan, the likely candidate in Alaska, uh, served uh, also. So a, a bunch of... Jeff Bell actually won in uh, New Jersey, kind of a fantastic story. 70-year-old guy went back, won the CD, first one in the primary, that he lost to general. 36 years ago. He's a Vietnam War vet. So, actually, I do think, I don't think people, you know, obviously people should vote who they think it will be the better senator, not simply because someone served. But I, I do agree with you. I think the, notion, the Democrats have spent five, six, seven years recruiting vets to run, uh, really trying hard to show uh, the military community they cared a lot about their health and well-being, and obviously Mrs. Obama and Mrs. Biden, there were a lot of efforts there. Uh, I think some of them sincere, but I really do think this might, uh, this plus the VA, has really exposed, and, and it's fair that it exposes a kind of just ignorance on the part of the president, I guess his top team, as to sort of how, uh, how the military thinks, what they, what they believe in, what their culture is. The fact that they thought they could just do this, and there would just be a couple of Republicans complaining. The fact that they now think they can say this is the, that this is swift boating, Virgil, I mean, that's really kind of amazing. I think if that quote gets out, that's going to cause even more trouble for them among these among the military well, leaders you know, who, who, who were at some risk themselves going on TV and right. saying what happened. I mean, Jake Tapper has had several of these guys on, and Jake Tapper is no you know, conservative media guy. And you can tell from the reporting that these guys are 
telling what their story. They're talking about being coerced or attempted to be coerced to cover up their story. And then the White House is going to say that these guys who risked their lives to hunt for a deserter who didn't want to be found are political hacks operating on behalf of a partisan agenda. I, I mean, I'm with you. I think that's the most dangerous landmine in this field. Yeah, it's really amazing. And it also makes you wonder, is there no one decent, honestly, in this administration who's embarrassed by this and just thinks, you know, enough already? It's why I should be part of this team. Uh, apparently not. <laughs> if they are, I haven't found them. Bill Crystal, thanks for joining us here for the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.